Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, it is perfect. It's Tuesday night, it's 9 p.m., and your homeboys are here to talk about the Carolina Panthers. That's right, it's the C3 Panthers Podcast. My name's Tony Dunn. We chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective every Tuesday night. You can be a part of be a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. And I'm glad my main man, Cody Lashney, my co-host, is here tonight and a part of the show. Tony Dunn. As always, there's no way I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than hanging out with my boys talking about some Panther football. And as always, we've got the best Panther fans in all of YouTube joining us. Joey the Blind Panther Esquivel, Jeremy Clancy, Anthony Rochelle, Sarah Taylor, Underground West, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. I sure hope that the audio is working. Because like it does not show the level. It is. It on... is because it's picking. It's it's showing me the subtitles. Okay. Well, I hope um, on the stream it is. We should probably check. Yeah, that that's what I'm looking bit. at. Okay. Good. Because in OBS it usually shows a lot of activity on the levels meters, and it is missing tonight. Weird. Mm. Weird. Weird. We got CK in the house. How you doing, my friend? Living the dream. Just having a good time, you know, just uh, ready for football. I'm sitting here racking my brain all day, and Cody comes in with a you know bomb of what we're going to be talking about tonight. But uh, I tell you, it's uh, it's feast or famine out there today. Gosh, it is the quietest time you could ever imagine when it comes to uh, Pan- Panthers football and arguably football in the history of football. Greg, thank God you have a building to build. 72 podcasts to host and a family to take care of because you would be bored if you didn't. Yeah. You know, I actually uh, question myself at times and wonder what am I going to do when sports stop, starts back up because 
my schedule is going to get even tighter when sports start back up because I've got to got to keep sports in there. But uh, man, it's Tuesday night. I'm off tomorrow. I got a uh, brown bag bottle with me here, and uh, I'm ready to talk some football. Greg is building his own building, guys. It is ginormous and looks fantastic. Um, I have one one construction question before we go on in the show. Okay. Are you going to do your own, are they called trusses, like the rafters and stuff? Or are you going to get prefab ones? No, I'm going to go ahead and build my own because it'll be cheaper in the long run to build my own. Look, this building, if I bought it, would cost about $10,000, and I'm less than $2,000. I'm about $1,800 into it right now. And all I have left is the trusses, the boards that go on the outside, and the most expensive part is probably going to be shingles and siding or whatever I have to try, choose to do. But either way, I'm going to get out for like four thousand dollars if I do all the work myself. And prefab, the trusses, the trusses are the there. intimidating part to me. Yeah, it is for me too. It, it, it's tough because usually everywhere I've ever done this at, it's kind of prefab. Like yeah, that's how, all of there, them do so. that now. Yeah, and then they just put them on with a the crane. But I'll be interested yeah. to watch that. Uh, just like I was interested in watching Cody Lashney's podcast, The Cripple Connection, Cody, you guys did a lot of talking about the PS5 on your podcast, and we saw the games, and it, it was exciting in one hand. I was a little disappointed in the games on another hand. Yeah, you're not alone in that. Um, I don't think there was one title that Sony Stray kind of, that was a grand slam no straight did look dope as shit man and i listen personally i love those little you know i'm i love it when developers take a chance and do some weird shit that isn't just your normal call of duty gta type run-of-the-mill crap i like when they do some some uh off-kilter stuff that gives you a different experience but uh yeah it was a good press conference overall though that's a weird look for a console i'll tell you that it looks like a yeah, like a spaceship taco. It looks like it has a popped polo collar. <laughs> it, yeah, it yeah, it, yeah. Looks, it looks like a frat boy from the nineties. Yeah, dude. I've seen pictures of people taking consoles and putting like paper to get like on top of it to make it look like that. And then I've oh, seen pictures man. of people taking a PS3 and a uh, PS2 I've seen the more, them together. Uh, the, eye, the eye of Mordor. They put that and put the big eye over the top of it. Yeah. Dude, what was uh, the one that I think you shared, Cody? It might not have been you, but um, with the PlayStation Five surrounded by a bunch of is if that's what the Xbox is going to look like. That's insane, by the way. Like that, that big that, block. That, yeah, that big block. I I think that's what it's going to look like. That's insane to me. Yeah, it's like nobody's going to have a place for that. Like, yeah. How big is it? Is I it like a cube? It it's looks like a mini a, fridge. It's like, oh, like, God. Yeah. Wow. yeah it's, like, it's like it's a, so it looks basically take two of the current or let me rephrase, not even the current Xboxes. Let's talk about the original Xbox One when it came out, because that was a pretty thick console. Right. Take yeah. two of those and stack them together and that's what this looks like to me. Oh wow. Yeah. It's pretty terrible to look at. Yeah, but anyway, what was that what was that? What was I maybe missed whatever that was. What was the the, the point of that? But the uh, the picture but, of the PS5 surrounded by like five of those Xboxes, like they were bullies. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure what what picture. You're okay, I thought for about. maybe for whatever reason I thought you had shared it, but I yeah, I just, it's definitely it's, it's unique. I guess uh, at, at, from a design standpoint, I like the I like the digital version a lot better. So you can definitely tell that they actually created that PS5 for the digital version. And then added the disc in later. 
Yeah, and another thing why I'm disappointed is we didn't get a price too. Not a price for either version. So oh, they're, just, uh, they're just sitting waiting. They're sitting and waiting. Yeah, they're waiting for the other person. It's they gotta wait for the pandemic to clear, dude. You can't put a price yeah. tag out during pandemic watch and everybody be like, Mug. especially because no. it, there's also no way that it's less than like what five hundred dollars. It's five hundred fifty dollars. If I had to get four ninety nine or three ninety nine for the two options, because it's 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 kind of PlayStation and Xbox kind of at a, a staring contest. Who's gonna blink first? To, to announce the price. They're, they're so going they're to four ninety nine anyway. They're going. Yeah, they're, they're not coming out like November, December. So I mean, people are probably got about fifteen thousand focus groups they've got to do before they start doing that. They yeah. probably yeah. are yeah. both going to jump this to five ninety nine. Like, um, remember when Apple did it with the phone, and it took yeah. us yeah. from about six hundred dollar phones to a thousand dollar phones. Maybe. Like that's yeah, probably. Yeah, what's I'm interested. When, I, when I'm interested in knowing is what's going to be the difference in price between the two of them. Because, you know, uh, I mean, how much more are you going to value being able to go out to a GameStop of all places and buying a disc? Like, how much extra is that worth it to? to, I think they're about to price out. Yeah, they definitely are. They're going to price out. Who doesn't have a disc? I mean, get the uh, disc one. Oh, you don't have you don't have to have a disc. So every game I buy, I just download straight to my PlayStation. But it takes like 20 days, dude. And Not that's mine. that's no. why places like GameStop and they are going out of business, or and they're starting to make uh, yeah. games go more digital. Because you think about it, you go somebody goes and buys a game brand new from a store, they play it, they beat it, they get done with it, they take it back to GameStop, and it gets sold for thirty or forty bucks. Well, PlayStation doesn't get that thirty or forty bucks. In the yeah, reset. they've uh, that they. Yeah. So I remember so, at a time, ooh, they want to take away the trying to get rid of the ability to resell. Yeah, like wow. they were trying to get better, rid of it because like it was it was taking away money from them. And mm-hmm. now that the uh, the consoles have created an entirely different way of making sure people can't just resell the, the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the issue, I, I think, you know, and I know we're talking about something way off from the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> guess, but, I, you know, to your point, Greg, I think that's why also you're starting to see GameStop switch to more of a memorabilia type of a store rather right. than a. Uh, Rather than a uh, a game store, you know, you don't uh, want to be in their stock. I'll support you all the way, GameStop. No, you don't want to have their stock right now. You don't want to have their stock. All right, so here to kind of dovetail the conversation to football, uh, I think isn't Matt the new man coming out like any moment? Yeah. So today they just released the brand new trailer for it. Uh, I saw Lamar. Lamar is hyped because he's like the star of it. Yeah, he's the cover athlete this year. Yep. yep, he's uh he's doing flips. Yep. Flipping but, over jet Okay, but hold on. Patrick Mahomes was the uh was the cover guy last year and he was the Super Bowl MVP, dude. He, he got he got missed. Remember he also had a knee injury and we yeah, he did miss yeah. for a while. So yeah. Good point. Imagine had he been out for that knee injury, that curse would have been twenty five for twenty five. Oh. Yeah. The Madden, the Madden curse is pretty strong. There has been people that it hasn't touched. The one thing though that interests me and CK and Cody can take the lead on this discussion is, you know, we see a generation of kids who grew up that are now in football who mm-hmm. played Madden growing up. Right, yeah. is that I haven't seen someone more hyped about their debut on Madden than Lamar. Yeah, yeah. well, and that's <laughs> right. yeah. I think you are seeing a bit of a culture shift because 
it is like you know it's kind of like going and playing uh you know football and having your quarterback be the your favorite quarterback growing up right and there's a lot of people who felt that way about tom brady um you know joe montana back in the day and uh and so now he, he it's kind of the same feeling i think for him he's uh, now experiencing being the star of something that he was in all of for his entire life. So it is interesting oh, to see also, that transition. EA cut him a hefty paycheck. Oh yeah. Just like, just like oh, they yeah. did with Patrick Mahomes the year before. So it, yeah, it's not dude. honestly, like Cam got ripped off, not being on the cover of Madden the very next year after his MVP. Season. Yeah, definitely. Who was uh, on like, it? Who was, was it? Was it, was it Von it Miller? Was Von Miller. It was Von Miller. Yeah. It was Von Miller, thanks to thanks to good old Mike Rimmers. I guarantee you, yeah, if he'd won that Super Bowl, it would have been Cam Newton. Oh yeah, for sure. It was uh, not, not even a question about it. Regardless of how he played, it would have been it would have been Cam Newton, hands down. But by the way, Madden, you know, uh talking about how important it was for, you know, a younger generation, like me doing my work for draft tax, like part of me understanding football was playing a lot of Madden and understanding yeah. what the plays meant and what was cover three and what was zone coverage and, you know, what was trips right and trips left and all these, you know, you learn that playing, playing Madden and a yeah. lot of people, that's how they understand the X's and O's. So yeah. And you just grow up playing your favorite players. Everyone remembers the stories of Michael Vick and how, you know, I think it was Madden 2002 or three. If you were playing with Michael Vick, you damn near had a cheat code. Like you could just throw it all over the field, run all over the field, do whatever the hell you wanted. So I'm interested. Was Bo Jackson how, uh, and Techno Bowl? That's yeah. what you could do with I'm Bo in, Jackson. I'm Michael. interested to see if they oh do gosh. the same thing with Lamar Jackson because the, you know, everyone compares Lamar to yeah. Mike Vick. So I'm wondering if he's going to be just unfair this year. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be hard. I, I think you're going to see a little bit of the Cam effect with Lamar going forward. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that sure. it's going to be hard to replicate that success. The uh, problem is, is that he is going to end up being judged just the same way that Cam Newton was. You know, the moment he starts making mistakes, he's going to lose his fan base immediately. Like, I mean, not his entire fan base, but there's going to be a large portion of people that are Baltimore fans that are going to say, all right, let's move on. Let's see what else we have in the pocket. Right. Um uh, yeah. And it's it's gonna stem from. What about not even I, making mistakes? But even with Cam, you know, what I mean, in, injury, right? Yeah, uh, that's, that's team problem. You know, not team problems, <clears throat> but issues. They had a good Losing team with them. Aren't yours? Yeah. No. You know, they had a they had a year that was very reminiscent of the Panthers' 2015 year because it was mm-hmm. largely magical until the end. And it was both offense and defense. But Lamar did put up like five touchdowns like a quarter. His numbers were insane last year. Greater than Cam's probably in some respects. But well, he's so shifty. But the thing about it is his body is not built like Cam Newton's. So he's going to have to continue to be shifty and not get touched and mm-hmm. not get hurt and be better from inside the pocket too. Um because again, you know, I mean, we all saw what Cam Newton, and in case you couldn't tell by the title, uh, tonight's episode is very Cam Newton centric. But you know, even Cam, uh, after a certain number of years, all that damage takes a toll, man. It doesn't matter if you're six five, two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, so, you know, and Lamar Jackson isn't like that Kyler Murray type, where even though Kyler is small, he does a good job of, of getting down. 
whereas Lamar is just trying to make you miss. And when it works, it's incredible to look at, man. Just like but Cam, it, it was incredible to look at whenever it works. Yeah, I, yeah, for I, sure. I, I'm not saying Lamar is going to get hurt or that even his style of play is pro- problematic. What I mean is that, like, every very rarely are careers as they're supposed to be. You no. know, is that, like, I mean, because uh, next year the Chiefs should just win, right? It should just be the Chiefs and the Ravens, and let's just call it a day. We don't got to play the games. But there's all of these factors that go into some, all of these things. It could be uh, injury with him. It could be problems like just bad luck at times. The ball yeah. bounces the wrong way. And so their success was so difficult, so great and so immense. It's just hard to eclipse that year after year. And maybe that's why we were so we love Patrick Mahomes so much as a – entity in the world because he just seems to do it every time well i will say this though uh, i do trust the ravens organization to put a, uh, to continuously put a better team around lamar than what we continuously put around cam the majority of his time when he was here i think the ravens organization is much more trustworthy dependable that whole ozzy newsome group they have a great offensive line like it, it just takes having a, a a transformative quarterback on a rookie contract and a smart enough team that knows how to build a roster around that player. And yeah, Rook, let me ask you while you're talking about that. You say that you want them to be smart enough to build a team around him. Do you think that he has a better team than Cam Newton had starting out? Oh, absolutely. Him. Yeah. From when you look at from a defensive and offensive perspective, the amount of weapons that he has to start out. Yeah. I mean, his weapons are not him. that great, though. Well, he, has, he just uh, got that Hollywood one Brown. receiver. Yeah. He, uh, he's new, right? Yeah, he was a rookie last Hollywood year. Um, he's but, got a hell of a defense. Yeah. The yeah. defense yeah. is They're good. It's not like that he's got the best players in the NFL on offense around him. They are yeah, good. But, you know, they tend to play, and they're well coached. You know, Jim Harbaugh, right? Is it Jim? I always get yeah. confused. Yeah, he's, Jim Harbaugh. He's just been – he's been to the playoffs like nine out of 13 years. Won a super, you know I mean? These guys, he's been amazing. Kind of a testament of what – he was a special teams coach. I feel like there have been some really good head coaches that were special teams coaches. Yeah, I think him and Jim and John were special teams coaches. But also remember, they're a run-first football team like we were too. I mean, they, they were uh, that offense last year was one of the most, I think, one of the most pro- prolific rushing offenses of all times. Uh, I mean, when you look at Lamar Jackson and Ingram, I mean, they were they were pounding the rock. So when you do that, you don't necessarily have to have a bunch of star receivers, you know. Um, and they use a lot of tight ends, and that's why they're able to run the ball so well because they deploy a shitload of two tight end sets. And sometimes they'll they'll have those tight ends blocking, or they'll have them break off, you know, rushing downfield for uh, an easy five ten yard pickup. I mean, that's why Greg Roman was getting all the coaching hype. You know, a lot of people wanted Greg Roman to uh, coach Cam for the Panthers, but. It was not to be. And is he still with them? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, he was a hot name when we were talking about a lot of this. And I guess he's just had a – maybe the opportunities weren't – nobody really gave him 
that much interest, though. He was a hot on our shows in the Talking Heads, but I didn't feel like he got a lot of um, praise from organizations themselves. Well, I, feel, I also feel like I know why, too, and then I'll pass the mic. His his offense is very dependent on the RPO, so he needs a Colin Kaepernick, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton. He really benefits from having a quarterback that doubles as a dual threat, but that's just me. All right, you did highlight the name of the show. Well, at least there's Cam to talk about, uh, and there is nothing really to talk about when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. I think last week we talked about the statues coming down. I don't even know if we talked about that in the show. but No, it happened the day after. We're just to break news on a Tuesday before the show happens. Now it's all been happening. We're back to the normal news dump. That's the normal news dump is a Wednesday. And for the last two years, we have been blessed that it's been Tuesdays for some reason. But you're right. The pan the, and the statues come down. What did they say? P- uh, public safety. That's kind of <laughs> that's funny. What like fans were going to go tear them down because of of what's going on in society right now? So I don't know what you guys think, but I totally think this was David Tepper pulling a power move, finding the one loophole in his contract to get that fucking statue out of there, bro. All he had to do was say. Oh, you know what? It's a safety hazard. I can move it because it's in the contract that I can do it. I think did he move it or did the city move it? I think Tepper. Oh, okay. Because the Panthers were saying that they were afraid, or that and see, this is what's bullshit, right? I didn't hear anything about it. Not saying it didn't exist. I'm just saying I didn't hear it. But apparently, there was a bunch of uh, you know they heard rumors that the statue was going to be vandalized in some kind of way, shape, or fashion, so they wanted to get ahead of it and just remove the statue. Um, I, I, I so wish they would have left the two Panthers and just yeah. took Richardson. Man, they, those are so awesome, man. But I don't know uh, why those are safety hazards. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to pull those. <laughs> Didn't down, they so move them to like an undisclosed location or something? <laughs> yeah. Basically, they just took him, threw him in the ocean or something. I'll store him. What if he like? What if him. Tepper like scrap ironed him, scrap metal, and took him to the scrapyard? Yeah, he just, he the, just took him to the dude, scrapper and got the money for yeah, it. Yeah, got per pound. <laughs> he There's said, no way I I'm a billionaire, to, but right? I didn't get this way by giving away a penny, dude. I know. <laughs> I think I mean, that they should give. I wonder if you're listening, David Tepper. Why don't you just like give one to me? I'll just put it in my yard. <laughs> you can have the Jerry Richardson one. I'll take the two Panthers. I was. How about you take one Panther? I'll take one Panther. Uh, Let's put a Panther with this one. Gosh, if if this was if we weren't so woke as a society right now, uh, somebody would go put that David that Jerry Richardson thing in front of a courthouse. That's what they would have done a hundred years ago. Put Jerry Richardson in the courthouse. <laughs> but I was, I was, I forgot who I was talking to. I'm pretty sure that they have to keep that statue together because, like, whoever built it as a piece of art, it's not complete unless that's all together. So, oh, it, so I see. I see. So whoever, who, yeah, whoever owns that statue, like, they have to do something with it, or else uh, I'm pretty sure Richardson's people could sue. But the uh, they have to do something. We brought it collectively to the scrapyard. That's what they did. <laughs> yeah, it's one piece. It. It's still together. <laughs> it's just a square now. 
Um, all right. So that happened last week. And then also around Thursday or Friday last week, this pops up. And this is uh, Rich Eisen, who is fantastic, by the way, talking to Panthers head coach Matt Rule. And hopefully this will work. That decision and we're able to get Teddy. And as you said, I mean, he's, you know, he's 27 years old. He's, um, he's taken a team to the playoffs. He's, he's uh, proven last year that he still has everything that it takes. And so we just felt like, you know, what a great opportunity to get him in here for three years, uh, on a three-year contract. You know, let him be our quarterback. Yeah. Fits our system. You know, he, 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 he knows Joe so well. They were both in New Orleans together and, and, uh, you know, see what he can do. And I, I've just been so impressed with him, you know, really throughout these these past weeks. You know, I mean, just, you know, as we're doing things virtually, um, he, he, he really loves the game of football. And, uh, you know, when he talks about it, you see him light up. And you can see people already. <clears throat> is that the team, right you know, clip? Responding to him, I think, uh, That's I think not the right really clip. Hey, no, it is, but you started it a little too late. Start late. I just uh, ask you point blank. Okay. Coach, Ryan, so, Ryan, okay. Yeah, so, okay. So I'll like just uh, ask you point blank, Coach. Uh, was Cam Newton not a fit for you? Is that is that what happened with him? No, no, I would I would never say that. I think Cam Newton's a, a great, great, great quarterback and a, a great person and a great leader. And you know his, uh, I mean his his impact on the city of Charlotte, you know, is was was tremendous, both on the field and off the field. So. I just think you know, you know, every decision has to be looked at like kind of in, in each time and space, and and where we are right now, and 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 you know, kind of where where we are as a team. We just felt like, hey, this is what this is what we have to do, and this was the right decision for the team. And so, um, you know, it, it's not ever any one thing. It's just you know, you, you have to make these decisions, which are hard, but you feel like, hey, they're going to this is what's going to be the best for us in the long run. And so, you know, once we made that decision and we're able to get Teddy, as you said, I mean, he's. You know, he's 27 years old. He's um, he's taken a team to the playoffs. He's he's uh, proven last year that he still has everything that it takes. And so we just felt like, you know, what a great opportunity to get him in here for three years, uh, on a three-year contract, you know, let him be our quarterback. Yeah, fits our system. You know, he, he, he knows Joe so well. They were both in New Orleans together. And, and um, you know, see what he can do. And I... I've just been so impressed with him, you know, really throughout these these past weeks. You know, I mean, just you know, as we're doing things virtually, um, he 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 really loves the game of football, and uh, you know, when he talks about it, you see him light up, and you can see the people already on our team, you know, responding to him. I think uh, I think he's going to be really good for us. Hey, you watched all the way to the end. Thanks for that. Watch more. Um, <laughs> my question, <sighs> my question mm-hmm. after that coming. video is: Was Greg right? Yes, man. Was and Greg, Greg to, right? Greg, jump I'm, on him, Greg. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it down on. because you know he answered that question. He answered that question of he said no, it wasn't about Cam Newton not being a fit with us. And then later on in the conversation, it was said, about Cam. It was. It was about how was Teddy saying, was a good fit. <laughs> right, right, exactly. He was so, so right there. He just like I, I don't know how you can have a, a conversation like that where in the beginning of it you say. Well, it wasn't about Cam Newton being a good fit. And then whenever you get to the end of the statement where you had nothing else really to say and you're trying to transition, you say, well, it just wasn't a fit for our system right now, which is exactly what you just said it wasn't. And talking about Teddy Bridgewater being a fit, I, I'm just going to sit back. You're right. I, I'm uh, I'm taking a shot on that one because Dude, uh, and, I'll and, play and devil's advocate there. And listen, man, he, he is making so many enemies before he has even sn- coached one snap of professional football. It's like it's getting to the point where it's like, dude, it, it, either either tell the truth 
or refuse to answer these stupid questions that you're asking. Because, listen, just say, yeah, we didn't think Cam Newton was going to be able to stay healthy because he wasn't able to do it the past two years in a row. Be honest about it. Say, hey, you don't think that Cam Newton is better, that he's not as good as Teddy Bridgewater, or, or that Teddy fits the system better. All of that is bullshit, by the way. And he knows it is too. And he knows that no one wants to hear that because he knows that he would be drunk over hot coals if he said that we think Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Cam Newton, especially after he mentions everything that Cam Newton has done for the team, everything that Cam Newton has done for the community, been an MVP. Like they gave up on Cam Newton. And fucking Matthew Stafford is still up there dicking around in Detroit, has never won a playoff game in his life, and now they want to justify that here in Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater is a better option. Like, Matt Rule didn't say a damn thing right there. He was walking over eggshells. Greg was 100% right on that, and that's what he's doing now. And in my opinion, it's spineless, and it's pissing people like me off. I... Where I'm, I'm with, I think I'm with you in this way is what I don't understand. Wouldn't it be better as, why is he not a good fit? Like, it's kind of like this, is that, is is that all of a sudden it's uh, Teddy Bridgewater that is, gives us the best chance. He's shown he can be healthy. He's shown he can lead a team to a playoff. Were they scared that Cam wasn't close enough and they weren't willing to take a year uh, in trying to figure it out. If that's the case, then we're not tanking, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's so odd, and I'm going to show this again, guys. I'm going to show it. You guys can't see it, but if we put it, if you pulled up, I'm showing right now um, the video of Cam throwing with Odell Beckham Jr. And you look at his footwork and I know this is not game this is not a game simulation but he's making throws. He's not in a boot. He's not ta- you know if he was really hurt he wouldn't be doing that. I I don't think yeah. it's ever been about injury. Like I don't think him being cut was injury related. Oh I really God. do think that uh, if you, if I'm being honest, I think that yes, there is a bit of political aspect to what he's saying there, but I think he's not necessarily saying Cam's not a good fit. I just think they liked Teddy Bridgewater better, right? And I know that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know what that even office. fucking means, really. Like, how can you but, trust yeah. anybody? Like, it's kind of like right. this: is like when you see someone dip their steak in ketchup. Can you really look at them the same way ever again? Right. Can you trust no, them never. in the same manner? They have a bullshit palate. Yeah, and my thing about it too is just like what Cody was saying. Like, here's the thing: if you if you feel like Teddy Bridgewater's better, uh, you, that's your opinion, and I get it. Everybody has their own opinion, and and yeah. you know what? You may be right. I could be wrong. I don't believe that's the case. But at least be honest with me and tell me about that, because now it's a trust issue. Not that you care about me trusting you, but I am your fan base, and we do support the, the Carolina Panthers. And if the Carolina Panthers fans feel like they're being lied to and they're being cheated, it's not going to end up good for the franchise. Period. The, the interpretation I got from that video, 
Yes, there is a lot of walking around, but again, that's what you have to do when you're a head coach of a football team in the NFL. You cannot answer those questions directly. If you do, you're going to get murdered one way or another. You're not going to be on anybody's good list. It's just the reality of the situation. But what I'm hearing when I hear that is it's not that he thinks that Teddy Bridgewater is better than Cam Newton either. I think that it wasn't, I think it was a matter of Teddy Bridgewater fits what he wants better, you know? It, he wants somebody who is going to be a leader, but not overtake the locker room with the, you know, what Cam's charisma, right? Oh. I think he wants charisma, but not to that level. I think he wants to be able to have control of a locker room and also build his team the way he wants to build it, you know? And so Cam Newton is, has been transitioning. He's definitely been a better quarterback. And I'm going to, I still loathe the fact that he's not a Carolina Panther, but I still will defend rule here because. If that's the decision he came to, he had the stones to do it, knowing he was going to destroy the fan base trust. If you guys want to talk about stones, he released Cam Newton. That's stones right there. And it's not necessarily even that he made that decision because, again, he he has never – Cam's never been his quarterback before. It's a brand-new regime. He's the head coach. They signed him to a seven-year deal. They're obviously giving him a lot of leeway to make decisions about the roster. My thing this is was that, is decision. That, this was his decision. This was Matt piss, Rule's decision. My thing is this. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Like, yes, I, I I'm like with you, man. That, that's 100% what he's doing. And by the way, I, I even got to say, man, like this uh, – so shout out Joe Riolano in our chat room. What's up, Joey? He says, uh, uh, do you think Teddy fits the offense better than Cam Newton because he's more accurate? And again, that's a misnomer kind of in and of itself because Teddy Bridgewater is a dink and dunk quarterback. They don't call plays for him to stretch the field. When you're throwing the ball down the field, historically like Cam was having to do, your completion percentage numbers are aren't going to be as high. But that's not true either, though, because Cam didn't throw down the field for last year. In the years he had high completion rates, they he wasn't throwing down fields. And I don't know if that's accurate with Teddy Bridgewater entirely. In college and early on his career, he was chunking it downfield. Well, so is Cam, though, early in his career yeah. in college. Well, but even but, well, so, one, when you had Ted Cam Jr., uh, yeah, he was he was stretching the field that 2014-15 season, especially at the end. Yeah, the 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 offense was running the football with Cam and Jonathan Stewart, and for a time D'Angelo, but maybe mainly just Cam and 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 Jay Stu, and then that keeps all the linebackers and safeties down into the box because you have to respect that run threat, and then they would take that opportunity to chunk the ball. And that's when you saw all those connections to Cam Newton and Ted mm-hmm. Gannon and so on and so forth. You all, it's also not a coincidence that in 2018, Cam Newton was having his highest completion percentage when he had a DJ Moore, when he had a Curtis Samuel, when he had a Christian McCaffrey, and he was uh, dinking and dunking more because at the time we were still wondering about that shoulder. He yeah. wasn't taking the deep shot much anymore. So – I, I don't know, man. I just think that Cam ha- has, you know, at a time when our offensive weapons are better than they ever have been, that would have been a dream for Cam Newton. But they gave up on him too early and said, oh, he's dead on arrival. 
We gave up on it, man. I don't care what anyone says. The Carolina Panthers gave up on the player who has made them relevant for the past almost 10 years. What concerns me when I see these videos of Cam standing on his right foot, throwing the ball back and forth, balancing, going out there, chunking at Odell Beckham, and the other one, which I haven't been able to pull up, where he's doing a one-arm push-up with his right arm, right, which is (laughs) the one that some people say there's – shoulder concerns it just to me I'm, I'm worried that there might be a hint of ego involved with this decision or maybe not ego or i mean maybe it's ego maybe it's like legacy or control of that legacy and that makes me concerned if that's how we're if matt rule is making decisions because i feel like on one hand he always says i want the best athletes they don't got to be the best players all the time but like we want mm-hmm. these athletes it's like well that's cam right <laughs> like okay um and i wonder if he wanted like the panthers success going forward to be his success mhm and Tony, that actually ties back into what CK was talking about earlier, which is what I yeah. wanted to bring up. And you were talking about the possibility of, of him or me and why maybe he got rid of Cam was because he didn't want a, such a big personality. But yeah. I, I got to ask, of Rivera and Rule, just from what we know of them, who do you think is a more stern coach? Stern? I think it's Rule. Stern. Yeah, well, Rule, I don't know. Me, I don't know because I, Rivera might just be old mm. and boring. Okay. No, I think there are certain things like you hear the music, but he folded on that. Rivera did, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of that. That uh, you know, y- you saw Rivera let personalities live, right? And I'm right. not saying Rule's not going to let that happen, but you see the people that have left, right? The people that he cut: Eric Reed, Cam Newton, right? You know, you have these big mm-hmm. personalities that he's let go because they're too loud i'm not saying that's the reason but it almost it's almost suspicious you know well yeah and my, my only question about that is uh, like i feel like rivero is probably a more stern coach than rule i think rules rules kind of more of a newer age younger try to get along with his players not going to be as stern He'll, he may still put his foot down about things but i think rivero was like you said more of an old school type you know this is how it is period it's why he wouldn't get players chances that goes into a whole other thing but I don't remember Cam ever being a threat or a problem, his personality with Rivera, as far as control of the team. I feel like Cam knew he was the leader mean? on the field they, and the leader they of the team. him because he didn't dress one time. Exactly. Yeah, for That's one play. For so, one so I, I play. One series. Do you remember what happened so to yeah, Derek yeah, Anderson yeah, threw yeah, a pick six. Threw interception. Matt Moore All right, yeah, I'm folding. Yeah. But that's why I say, like, I think that Rivera isn't as certain as we think. I mean, I think he puts Maybe. on this tough face, but everybody has, who has ever played for him say he is a player's coach. Right. You know? but, He's but a veteran's coach into what, is what he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, and this ties into what Tony's saying, too. I think that I don't think there was ever an issue with Cam being, like, overshadowing Ron Rivera or, like, feeling like he was the one in control. I think he knew his spot. I think Matt Rule may have came in feeling that way and that you're right. Maybe that's why he got rid of some of the players he felt like were big leaders and big uh, charismatic players. But guess yeah. what? You need those kind of guys. I know. I know. I'm what? with you, Greg. Now you don't have Keekly. You don't have Reed. You don't have Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, you don't have all these players who were, who were big locker room guys. Uh, I The Cam thing, it's, it's just perplexing. And mm-hmm. – one of the things, if you go back and you listen to the old podcast when we were talking about Matt Rule being hired, is on the excitement side is the youth, the enthusiasm, you know, the enthusiasm, the new, the guy trying to make his career on one hand. 
But I kept saying the concern is, is despite your knowledge of football and how it works, part of the NFL game is just different in the way you interact with players who make this much money and are men. Rather, and yet, and I gotta one. I just wonder, are we? Are these signs of him making good decisions potentially, or like being ahead of the <clears throat> curve, or is he already showing a little bit of that college? Can culture? I? Here's the funny th- part about it: is every person that is in the media loves rule. All of a sudden, and I, you know, they cut Cam Newton, and they love Rule now. Isn't like, that he bizarre? Is the guy. Everybody is giving, like, saying, like, this is a uh, a Jimmy Johnson vibe, and uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's really interesting to see the the. I, I don't think we're going to know for a while whether or not because we're going to give them a mulligan this year if they just end up just you know, wrecking things and not doing well. Um, but if they do really, really well, we're going to really? be like, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I'm going to be holding him to a. And I don't know if it's winning that I necessarily need. Yeah. But I better see these decisions not blow up. Yeah. If you, you tell wanna, me, you how are you going to feel? 15. Sorry, you don't want to go I, one to 15 and lose every game by 20 points. What about this? What if uh, what I don't want to happen and secretly kind of do is like Cam to go and be like super <clears throat> successful with the Steelers or the Patriots and Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater get hurt in week three? Because then we're because then we're no because then we're gonna say this is that well it was Cam's health that they were because it's time to move on and this is what Panthers God FSU twenty three says not saying uh not saying he won't come back strong but Rule and company wanted to move on it's life I'm just interested to see him what moving on to Teddy Bridgewater will be like I'll be cheering for him but you definitely suspect expect this team to look. More, not unprepared. I am not. If this team comes out and looks like a shit show, we're all going to be up here going, man. I don't give a fuck. Oh who yeah, Matt we're going to. We're going to obviously have our snap. But are you going to be calling for him to be fired? I mean, because we were already expecting the tank, right? I mean, and that's that's no. the reality. I mean, if he just completely just if it doesn't look like, like if he don't rest. look like he knows what he's doing out there, I don't know if I could say that I would wouldn't say that. But I don't there think is he, almost, there is almost no scenario where Matt Rule is fired. No, there. Yeah, I agree. I'm not but saying what I mean is there be. a scenario where you're calling for it. Like, Cody, I mean, next next year, is there any scenario where you're saying we need to fire Matt Rule? I mean, I, no. I mean, there's a scenario where I can see a bunch of tendencies that scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, um, you know, making the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just having terrible game plans. If, if it looks like the team is disorganized, yeah, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. But at the same time, it's you know, and CK, you already mentioned it. It's kind of like for certain fans, and I'm definitely in that group. Like, I am more than happy with a mulligan year, just because, and yeah. it, it's because of the conversation that we're having right now. I don't believe that Teddy Bridgewater is the future of the Carolina Panthers. A quarterback that has never thrown over uh, 14 touchdowns in the season in his entire career. Yeah. I don't just all of a sudden believe that he's the answer and he could do everything <clears throat> that Cam Newton couldn't do. Like, that's bullshit to me. Like, yeah. I, 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 that's not the quarterback that I want to ride uh, my future on, especially when in next year's draft, there's at least three or four quarterbacks 
that I think are better long-term prospects than Teddy Bridgewater is. But I just don't have a lot of faith in him. Panthers guy at FSU23 said, is really walking back his last comment where he said, I'm not saying he won't come back strong. Here's the next comment. Multiple surgeries on his throwing arm, him not being the same. Now he's older and can't run like he used to, et cetera, et cetera. It's sad, but it's facts. Not saying he can't come back in shock, which that actually means he can't come back. Like he's passed. Yeah, but (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger is hurt every single year. Let's make this a, a point. Cam Newton was hurt, what, two years in a row? 2017, 2018? Yeah. I mean, this is the same organization that saw Thomas Davis tear the same ACL, what, three times? And then Thomas Davis came back and had played some of the best football of his career. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, dude, it's like sometimes you throw out the baby with the bathwater, and I feel like that's what we did with Cam. Let me ask and you. If, yeah, go ahead. I want to ask this question, and it's, a, it's kind of a follow-up on CK's question. Is, is there any scenario, right, where you would say fire Matt Rule? And we're we're all with you. Is that when nobody would believe that it would be legitimate to fire someone after a year unless there were some sort of signs that were just like crazy, right? Yeah. But what would be the most concerning thing to happen next season? What would be the biggest telltale warning sign, red flag, to you that would? even challenge the most optimistic nerve in your body about this guy like what would happen what would happen and i think i know what mine is and mine is that if matt rule which we continue to hear this is we hear is like look and he'll it's about the process it's the process (laughs) this dude is better at coach speak than anybody but he the and i do believe these things like i mean there's a reason it's coach speak because you have to like that's what it is a lot of times but we don't expect him to be you know he goes from a two-win team to an eight-win team to whatever whatever is everybody says look what he did in temple look what he did in baylor for me though the one characteristic though that everybody's told me that matt rule is so wonderful about is being versatile being able to adjust to the talent he has, to the players he has, recognizing their abilities, that sort of versatility. So the biggest thing, the, the, the giant red flag for me would be if he came in and they tried to do it too much their way to start. Or for throughout, through, if they were, if that was part of the problem, their way, kind of banging the square peg through the round hole all season, that would be a giant red flag for me, because I want to see a guy that takes a roster, he might not win games with him, and a roster that's not as good as other teams, but they find ways to be in games. You know, he's able to generate, like, you're seeing the guys believing in themselves. That's a versatility with me. If we don't see that, and it seems like everybody is demoralized after every game, it's like we've lost eight in a row, and no, and we're not seeing any signs of improvement or anything like that, that's when I'll be like, oh, shit, this might not work. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm kind of on par with you there, Tony. I, I I think that it sounds kind of weird to say, but I think that if we have a season exactly like last year, then I'm going to be disappointed. 
And I know that sounds weird because if you went, like, I think we, I, I put it, we've been six games. I think we're probably going to win close to five, but I think we're going to be close to the exact same team. And while I don't think we were a bad team last year, it bothers me that we've gone through this entire makeover for nothing to be the exact same team. I mean, and I know there's always room for growth, but there was room for growth with the team we had too. Uh, so it just feels like to me, it, with all these movements, you're either a tanking and going for that number one pick, which I really hope they don't do, or you're trying to improve. And if you're not improving, then it's, then you're, you're not, I mean, I don't want to move sideways. I want to move forward. I, I, but I still think it's premature to say we're not improving. I mean, we've made a lot of moves. I mean, if you think about it, (laughs) we've, we've, we went full defense in the draft, right? You know, so we've addressed the most difficult part of our, our entire situation last year outside of quarterback. Um, and then, you know, we bring in Eli Apple, we bring in uh, Robbie Anderson. I mean, we're signing people like, you know, it's not in Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal. All the cards point to this being an in- attempt to build the team up. And there are positives. I think like, I think the hard thing to do, especially in the current environment involving, and I'm not just trying to throw this out here. I just know my job. It's hard to look at the positives of things right now. It's really difficult to do that. But the positives are, there we've we've done a lot of movement to try to make this team better than it was last year and i think there's evidence that we did um now when you start thinking about cam newton versus teddy bridgewater then there's a discussion to be had there but until we actually see what teddy bridgewater can do in a brand new offense i don't think it's i don't think right now and i'm i'm the biggest one that was not happy with cam newton being gone but i think it's unfair for teddy bridgewater to be given the shorthand of the you know short stick whatever you want to call it because of something that he's, you know, he hasn't even been able to be to prove, right? And yeah. and everybody wants to talk about the dink and dunk. And I've been reading articles, and I, I was the same way. But you know, there's a lot of <clears throat> evidence pointing to. Now, granted, it was a very small sample size last year, but he, if he would have kept the pace that he had with the Saints, he would have been the number one completion with deep balls in the NFL on a very small sample size. To be fair. But he would have been the number one as far as percentage completion, completion percentage on deep balls beyond 30 yards last year. So to answer Tony's question, uh, and shout out to 350 uh, who uh, dropped 350 in the chat. What's up, fellas? Like and sub. Thank you, man. Uh, but to answer Tony's question, the thing that really would cause me concern is if our defense uh, shows no signs of life, even after adding so many different talented young players to the team over the course of the offseason. I mean, I, I'm halfway expecting our offensive line to almost get Teddy Bridgewater killed. Uh, but what I'm not expecting is our defense to um, to be lackluster. I think when you add pieces um, like Derek Brown, you add uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, I mean, you, you add all these fast players, um, these athletic, explosive guys. You know, they may not be um, gangbusters to start, but I expect them to at least be formidable. I, I do think that we should be up there in the sacks department um, if we're able to generate some good pressure in the middle. Because um, if we we're not, have... we'll be up there in the sucks department. Oh, uh, and that's another thing, man. Like, <laughs> dude, I, like I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I've been through two bad seasons of Panthers football. It's like it, it's there's only so many different ways that this can go. 
either we're going to be more disappointed than last year, which is kind of hard to do, yeah. or we're going to be absolutely terrible, uh, second-guessing everything you- that we thought we'd do about Matt Rule, but also we're going to be in the in the running for a brand-new franchise Do you think we will be – there's a way – that we could be I don't even know if it's possible that we could be disappointed. Yeah, I, I honestly that's that's why if I'm being honest, that's the only reason I'm excited about the season is that there's low expectations, right? You know, we kind of have this uh this I don't know, for me, it, being able to watch a game with not expecting a win, right? If we win, it's that much better, right? It's so much better if that were the, you know, that were to be a win. So I think like so for instance 2015 we were the entire time on our edge, on edge of our seats every game. Is this going to be the game? This is going to be the game. Oh, gosh, the shoe is going to drop here. And then when we talk about the lost, best we... year for a podcast ever. Yeah. We had oh, so I'm sure. much fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm certain. And, and but here's what I'll say is like that loss to Atlanta in what week 14. Honestly, it couldn't have happened like it, that couldn't have been a better thing for me. Like, because my anxiety was so high every single week to finally get that monkey off my back. I was just like, all right, I'm good now. Let's get this thing rolling. Obviously, would not have liked to have it in the way that it did, as we all can imagine and, and, and agree upon. But, um, you know, same thing. Like, when you have high expectations, like, it's just really hard to watch games because you're like, am I going to be just so disappointed? But when you have low expectations, you're just like, Hey, there's no reason not to watch it at this but point. But there is one <laughs> negative to that, and that is when it turns out to be sucky, guess what you don't want to do anymore? Watch. Yeah. Yeah. And and can, can oh I point God. out, too, there's a fine line between disappointing and low expectations. Yeah. If my daughter gets accepted to take pre-cal early, like freshman year, and she goes in and she gets a C+, plus, uh, you know, uh, like, I, I, the expectations are different than being totally disappointed. Like, I, I'll, I'll be... I expect her to to not maybe flourish in that or do whatever, but if she fails and flunks out, then that's that's, that's a disappointment. disappointment, you know. So there 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 are fine right. lines. You're right. I mean, there, there aren't a whole lot of goals he has to hit this year, you know, but he does have to do some things right. Well, and the reason I think there's a mulligan, and and that's why I say this. I mean, uh, I, that's why I think he's making the moves he is. Is like right now he has. He's throwing noodles against the wall and hoping something sticks, right? Yeah. And and so and why I say that is if if it is just he looks incompetent, everybody's going to say, well, this is him just honestly throwing the season, even if he looks incompetent. Like he's going to be this. I mean, this is what he needed to do to make sure that we've got the number one draft pick, right? So he's going to get a mulligan there like, okay, he's doing what – he's building the future. He's not just incompetent. He's building the future. He's looking incompetent, but he's not incompetent. But if he's actually coming out and looking competent and actually doing it, we're like, all right, so we're we're just needing to build up. Maybe we are throwing it out, but you know, let's just get some different talent on the team. But he looks like he's doing a good job, right? And then the other alternative is we look like we're competent and we're doing well as a team. And so either way, any of those scenarios, he's got a mulligan. He's either going to be a hero who's just built a team out of nothing after releasing some, you know, one of a generational talent and quarterback, or he's going to look like somebody who's just playing for the future quarterback. Yeah, and I don't think I he can put it better than that. Can I highlight a comment in the chat room uh, from Twins Dad Ten? The Panthers have really tested my ability to be a fan. I'm still not sure how I feel about this team. And man, I can't lie. I feel like I've I've heard a lot of that. I've seen a lot yeah. of that. Uh, because of the actions that the Panthers have taken, 
Um, but uh, but to continue upon this, you know, disappointing versus expectations thing, like honestly, and I feel like I'm I'm not alone in this. You know, I'm more disappointed if we go six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight, than I am if we go what uh, four and and thirteen. Right. You know, no, no improvement. Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. like, dude, so it's like, I, what I don't want to do is, is have Ted, Teddy Bridgewater show just enough for people to think, okay, yeah, we just need to build a little bit more around Teddy. And then we're basically in a situation where it's like, he's Kirk Cousins, and we're just hoping that he turns into this transformative player that uplifts our football team and takes us all the way there. And it doesn't happen, and then all the other transformative quarterbacks get drafted to another team. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if we're in for a shitty season, let it just be terrible. Because Matt Rule always starts terrible. Go back and look at Temple. Go back and look at Baylor. He always starts terrible. So I don't know. Maybe we're talking. Maybe we're having a completely Yay. different conversation. Yeah, maybe we we're having a start. completely different conversation in a year's time. <laughs> if he pulls off some masterclass shit, rebuilds the roster in two years, and makes us a contender, and we get a quarterback, you know, there is a chance if he were bad next year, that still doesn't happen. I want to see. All right, how about this? What is the thing you we talked about? What you didn't want to see, or what would you saw that would raise the greatest red flag? What would you see next year that would give you the most optimism about the coaching staff? Not about the, t- you know, I don't want to talk about like, I mean, obviously winning 14 games or winning eight games. Those are things that would automatically make you optimistic. For me, I've heard that he's a, like they work, they outwork teams. Right, is like that's oh, his yeah. staff outworks. And one of the problems I felt with Ron Rivera is that our game plan, not even just the game plan, is it like how lazy. it a little. It just felt about us, and it's like kind of the rut I get in this podcast sometimes is that we're so insulated to the Carolina Panthers world, we don't look outside enough. And I almost felt like Ron Rivera was like, well, I can only can control my team, so we're just going to work on what we, what we have. And it seems like we've heard that these guys prepare and kind of brainiac so much that I hope we get to see that and kind of how it manifests against how we are able to take advantage of other people's weaknesses on defense or vice versa – you know, if Julio is going out there and throwing up 300 against us, I'm going to be like, well, where's your XO genius heel? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of echo a little bit of the same thing. I want to see this win matchups. Um, you know, I want to see this win some of those games that are, you know, on the line that come down to the last minute, the cardiac cats. I don't want to see the team give up. So if we're getting our ass kicked, I want them to still go out there and and fight like it's only a three point game, and if we lose a whole bunch of games, but we still fought our ass off and and did some damage on defense and and we're able to move the ball, but then in my opinion, you're seeing things that that you can build upon, um, and especially with Joe Brady now as our offensive coordinator, seeing what he's able to do with those kinds of weapons, 
Like, let's take Teddy Bridgewater out of the uh, equation for a minute. If Teddy is terrible or if he's incredible, we're going to be able to see what Joe Brady is going to do, what plays he's going to call with those receivers and Christian against a whole bunch of different kinds of defenses and seeing how he adjusts to that and what they're going to do in situational football. Uh, I'm just wanting to see good small decisions being made that leads to a resilient, tough football team. Yeah. Uh, I want to see, and this goes back to what uh, Tony was saying earlier. I want to see adjustments. That was one thing we complained about with Ron Rivera all the time, not making adjustments. If we're getting beat, uh, you know, if we're playing the Falcons, and I'm just going to say, keep saying Julio because we said it a couple times, and Julio has 115 yards and a touchdown at halftime, I don't want to see him come out and get 125 yards in the second half. Because that is a Ron we, Rivera if, team right there. Right. <laughs> if, if, if we double team him and then their they're running back ends up running for 75 yards, okay, we got beat. But I don't want to see that guy beat me when he just showed me his hand in the first half and we didn't make any adjustments. That's what I, I want to see. I agree yeah. with you entirely. But also one other thing I would like to see, and again with Ron Rivera, I don't know if this was as apparent at times, like we don't even want to have to keep saying Julio, yeah. right? It's like that's the point is we don't need to adjust to Julio at halftime when we knew his ass was Julio in the first half. And yeah. we uh, and people praise Bill Belichick so much. And what does Bill Belichick always do? He takes away your best thing. Mm-hmm. That's like, or at least that's what I've heard people describe him say. Is that, and so I like that adjustment because it didn't seem we had that capability a lot of times. Or, you know, I don't even really know how they do it. I don't know how they walk in there in 15 minutes, come out a different team. You know, but somehow it does something, and I do agree with that. But also, I don't feel like we were out game planning cats. No, even on defense, Ron Rivera was like, "You punch those fuckers right in the face," and it was it. Can can I make a prediction? If we win games. I think it's going to be later in the season. So it'll be even more frustrating. So but what's going to happen is, so actually let me start off by highlighting uh, this comment in the chat because it kind of builds on my point. Fear the four says, if this young defense gets it right off the bat, it's possible we can get a wild, wild card because offense has weapons. But this is the main point though. But with COVID-19 taking away all the camps for the rookies to learn, it's going to be tough. And this is what I'll say. If this Carolina Panthers team was going into the season and it was just any other kind of year, so we had OTAs and off-season mini camp and all that other good shit, I would feel a little bit better. But the fact that we have a brand-new offensive coordinator, we have a brand-new defensive coordinator, we have a brand-new head coach, we have an entirely new defense filled with young players, a brand-new quarterback in that new offensive system. That's a lot of stuff to get right when you don't even a have new the time. Staff, a new staff that's never even run a training camp. Now they got to run a training camp that ain't a training camp. Right. like That's why it goes back to those expectations. How much are you actually expecting? None. Yeah. It's the best it, year to have much. this. It's the best year for the Panthers to have this garbage. But the other thing is, in the historically, if Joe Riolano is still in the chat, 
I feel like, and he's always said this, is that defenses are ahead of offenses early in the season. Yeah. So Say that one more time. That defenses are ahead of offenses early in the season. So coming out of week one, they have the advantage because offenses have to, it takes long, you know, it's a chemistry thing. They're installing new things as they go along. Defenses typically have the advantage in those early weeks. Like, so if an offense isn't clicking in week two, you would be foolish or naive to just say that ain't going to work. That's what I'm saying, right? Is that now I'm not saying defenses don't get better throughout the season. But it does seem like they're like if you didn't have a play to run, the defense has the advantage, right? If it's just me versus you, so that would be something to consider. Not only, you know, so our young defense though might have an advantage, but they don't have an advantage because they have no experience. Yeah, it's the most you, bizarre. You this is a bizarre. It's like we're in the twilight zone of football. <laughs> but then at the same time, man, and you said it just now, it's like. You really couldn't pick a better year to have all this shit happen to you, though. Uh, I mean, if if it's going to be this year, you know, like revenues are going to be down no matter what, ticket sales are going to be down no matter what. We might not even start on time. So if there is like even the best teams are going to have trouble filling the stadiums, probably. Yeah, Panthers got FSU. Said if these coaches can coach, Panthers are going to be really good. I think if these coaches might be able to coach and the Panthers could still have a bad season. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's any of us here that are going to be willing to completely write off our coaching staff. If we have a terrible year. No, this year. no, no, we won't. We'll bitch. Yeah, we will bitch. I will bitch the whole time about them, but no, I think that you got to give everybody three years at the minimum. I think it would yeah. be wise to give somebody a fourth year, but depending on who your players are at that time, what your window looks like, I can understand getting after year three starting to get itchy. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's go on to this. Let's go on and get into the cat calls and uh, see what you guys got to say about uh, what's going on. Oh, wait. This ain't the wrong. This is the wrong file, yo. So... Oh, here, while we, while I pull up the right file, guess what the headline in Panthers.com is? Chase Blackburn explains why the Panthers are well-positioned at kicker. Ugh, makes me want to vomit. Uh, that's saying a whole lot of nothing. That makes me want to vomit, though, is not only are we not, we are well-positioned, I guess, because we have two kickers that we hate, and I like Sly. It's not even cut Graham Gano. No, nope. like we for Can whatever we? reason I had this in my mind that we've cut him like why? Yeah, I thought he was mad at the team with that injured reserve crap. Yeah. Um, but oh, still, is who do you guys like better? I'm on the Sly train. I'm Sly all the way, dude. Like he's got more personality, I think, and uh, that leg is a is a just a monster. It's a missile, bro. I don't know, man, because it's really like Joey Sly wasn't that much better than Graham Cano. Last year, I mean, he has a bigger leg, but dude, he missed a lot of gimmies. He really did miss a lot of gimmies. Yeah, but he hit a lot of things that not many people. He he had a really yeah. high percentage from the far away mark. But and see, he had, hey, wasn't, wasn't it you that was telling me that, that it was Pat McAfee or something saying that a lot of times if you're a kicker 
and yeah, you have if you a, got power, you're less accurate, but you can kick that ball so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's kind, of, it's kind of like a give and take, you know? Yeah. But to be fair, the, the part of it that I think is interesting is he's more accurate the farther back he is. Uh, it's so interesting to see that dynamic and understanding why. Like, it's almost like he, he knows that if he could put Graham all of could, his. Mm, Graham could know his, his share of gimmies. Yeah, yeah, oh, but and that's that's the part of it that I think we also got to remember. Graham Gano has been hurt multiple times over the past couple of years as well. So if we're going to treat Cam the way we've treated Cam, I mean, I think Graham Gano. When you're talking about having surgery on the kicking knee as well, I mean, you got to have a question about that, you know. All um, right. Cody, who I do think, you want? Uh, Me and CK want Sly. Who do you want? <clears throat> Dude, I feel like I'm choosing between dog food and cat food. I don't know. I guess I'll just say Sly, man. Sly has a bigger upside. Yeah, and... Sly has a bigger upside. We've seen Gano for a bunch of years and missed some of the big shots. If I, yeah. I guarantee, I can't believe no one in the chat yet has not typed in 63-yarder versus the Giants. Ugh. Joe, I hate, Joe I hated Graham Gano before that crap. After that crap, I've been consistent. I don't like no Graham Gano. Uh, Joey Escovel says, Cody, you can kick the ball farther than Gano. Oh, that's all right. Hey, man. Hey, man. He kicked a 63-yarder, dude. He kicked a 63-yarder. So we give him credit. All right. Here's the cat calls. The number's 252-228-5098. Sub up to the podcast. Give us a thumbs up. Jump on the cat calls line one more time. 252-228-5098. 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty kick. You shouldn't Piss do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like... Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one... What's going on, C3 Nation? This is your boy, Jay Anderson. Just hollering at y'all. Man, What's I hope, up, y'all, hope y'all being safe. Hope y'all families are being safe and everything. Um, First thing I want to get off is I'm glad that statue is gone. I'm glad Jerry Richardson's statue is gone. I know everybody's going to say, you know, he brought the team to the, show, to the Carolina area, and that's cool. But he did some bad things, so off he go. You know, bye-bye, we in a new, you know, we got a new owner and everything. You know, I know um, that that statue was creepy anyway. I didn't want my homegirl to be walking (laughs) walking beside it. She on tight jeans, I don't know. You know, (laughs) some kind of inside thing he's looking at when. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, other than that, I want to get you, I want to, um, I want to ask y'all something like top out of the whole decade from 2010 to 2019, what top five games that you've seen through that whole decade? Mm. All right. I'll holler at y'all. Y'all be easy. Mm. Dude, that's tough. All right. Man. I can I'll tell start- you my number one right now. Are Go we ahead. talking Panthers games or just all games in general? I think he probably means Panthers games, or we we should at least yeah them. yeah he's, he's he meant Panthers game. I know my number one right now, but I I, uh, I got to think about the other ones. My number one's got to be the Seattle playoff game, of 2015. Uh, I think my number one is the, 
That was so good, but I think my number one is that NFC Championship game against the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, just when Cam goes over the top. You know, mm-hmm. another really underrated one, even though it ended in a uh, tie, was in 2014, the Panthers and the Bengals. That that was when Fontes Burfitt tried to twist off Cam Newton's ankle. Oh, God. Dude, that was, a, that was a back and forth game. I remember watching that. Um I got one more. Look at the the seventeen point fourth quarter comeback in Philly. What was it? Two years ago. Yeah, two thousand. That was a that was a great game. Twenty eighteen. The, the Monday night Colts game was a great game. The window overtime. I was at that game. That was a great game. Oh my gosh, that was a great game. Um, golly, this is Man. tough. Cam Newton's opening game, even though he lost. Man, that was a fun game to watch. He had what three touchdowns, four hundred yards. 400 plus yards. I mean, that yeah. was a great game to watch yeah, a long uh, time ago. Again, you know, obviously 2015 had so many great memories, but mm-hmm. um, I, I remember um, it, when Panthers, we went to the Superdome to play New Orleans. And man, that was just a shootout. And uh, it, it, it came down to a big third down play. And uh, Greg Olson had to come up with the clutch catch, grabbing the football before it hit the ground converted the third down we made the drive and we ended up winning to uh i think go on to 13 and 0 it was at that at that point in time and uh it was just a, it was just a shootout man cam would answer then drew Brees would answer there's been so many of them. that right. new orleans Can game, I that go? second new orleans game okay yeah, go ahead sorry yeah no you know it's not like i I'm think I'm, i've been thinking <laughs> no i've been thinking the whole time i've been trying to gather some games Number one agreed, NFC Championship game, I was there. Right? So, like, it was, that's my top, you know what I mean? That's the pinnacle of what I've been at to a game. Number two, this is a strange one. Most people won't probably agree with this. But it was 2017 when we had another good run with Cam, and we went on the road and decimated. Like, remember he had, like, five touchdowns against New England or something? He either had five touchdowns against Detroit, but we went on the road and beat New England's ass. That yeah. was a very rewarding feeling, like because nobody does it in Foxborough, and we yeah. beat that tail. Number three yeah. is Saints 2013, Saints at Panthers in the Rain Bowl, where it rained yeah. and it rained and it rained. And Ron Rivera punted the ball on fourth, uh, fourth and twelve. I think it was fourth and twelve. Yeah, on our own thirty, and there was under it was like two minutes and three seconds, or it might even been under two minutes to play, because you thought, man, we're punting the ball, we're gonna lose this damn game. And Cam and them, we get a stop on defense. We get the ball right back. Cam leads the team down, and he threw a touchdown to Hakeem Nix. Is that the right name? Does that sound right? He played Mm. for us. That was North Carolina boy, too. He played for UNC. Yeah, it was him. Threw a touchdown Uh, to him at the end. So that's number three. Number four is Seahawks in their house. And was that 2015 we did? 2015. It was like... 
the first time. I think we were seven and zero by that point, or something like that. When we beat, and everybody yeah. was still saying we like. I remember the headlines were we're the worst seven and zero team in the history of the NFL. Is basically what were all the headlines were saying. Are the Panthers the worst ever seven and zero team in the history of the NFL? Um, and I remember that uh, there were a lot of articles about Ted Ginn's drops and everything. So um, this was that that in Seahawks uh, territory was the game where things were starting to shift back to the Panthers, maybe being better than people thought. Was yeah. that the Greg Olson catch game where he <clears throat> called was. the game one yes. touchdown? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. That was, oh, that was, was fantastic. Great catch too. Oh, but oh, shout yeah. out to uh, Joey the Blind Panther mentioned a good one. Uh, that Patriots game where the Monday uh, night, uh, Monday night the flag up. Yeah. Panthers in, hold on Patriots with the headline. <laughs> and I think that's when Cam really turned into a superstar that night. Because, mm-hmm. dude, there was this one play where they blitzed the hell out of him. And he's just ducking the whole team. The whole team. Yeah. And peels off and takes off down the field. It was, he ran a total of 70 yards after that because they did that next gen stat and they were tracking his runs because he was just dodging people and everything. Even though he didn't necessarily go down the field 70 yards, the amount of yards he ran was 70 yards. It was insane. This was a good call because it gets me because I can keep going after five. Yeah. But here's my number five. And Mm -hmm. my number five, I think this was 2015 as well. And we beat the Falcons 38 to three or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. just beat the living shit out of it. That was just like the most fun. Uh, I could go back to games before Cam, too, but like his rookie year, though, like you said, that first game, that Arizona mm-hmm. game, I think is noteworthy there. Such a tough ending. Yeah. We lost that game where we shouldn't have. Patrick Peterson ran back a punt. Um, mm hmm. There's some, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, how about what? Here's one that you guys wouldn't even. Was it 2017? Do you remember when we beat the Ravens and they went for it on fourth down or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then we ended up coming back and blanking them. Like they beat our asses for two quarters or something. And then we came back. That's fun. 2017 was a more fun year than people give it credit for. Cam oh, threw yeah. five touchdowns or six touchdowns against Detroit on the road that year or something like that. It's tough yeah, because we just didn't win the division, so people don't remember it that much. But, I mean, right. we were one play away from winning that game against the Saints. Yeah. And, you know. What was the game where – I don't remember the game was necessarily great, but I remember this play where Cam's – they weren't like the 15-yard line, and I can't remember what defensive player – I keep wanting to say A.J. Hawk, but it wasn't him, I don't think – where he's calling Cam out, talking about, oh, it's this, this, oh, this. Oh, yeah, I, he I, said, I, I uh, did you watch that on film? Yeah, I he watched said, it on film. Cam yeah. was like, yeah, I watched, I watched tape too. And then, yeah, yeah, he called the audible. That was, a, yeah. man, that's an awesome. There was yeah. one. No, who was that? That was the white dude for the uh, one that, AJ uh, Hawk. It's not no, him. I think, the, bl- the long-haired blonde dude. That's A.J. Hawk. No, no, it's not. A.J. Hawk is A.J. Hawk. A.J. Uh, <laughs> Hawk is A.J. Hawk. What's his that name, dude? No, the the long-haired blonde dude. Matthew? So, uh, I don't know. Oh, Jake. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know. Clay Matthews. David Williams. Yeah, guy. Matthew. That's right. I yeah, knew okay. it, dude. Yeah. yeah. You're right. A.J. Hawk was Clay Matthews before Clay Matthews was Clay Matthews. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> just has AJ Hawk on the brain because he has a show with Pat McAfee now. Yeah, AJ Hawk. Yeah. Is he with Pat McAfee now? McAfee and Hawk. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do a, like a, a one o'clock show on YouTube. Okay, <clears throat> is that any good? 
Yeah. I mean, they, they have a, they have an insight that, you know, obviously not many people have and they're willing to talk about it. So I, I think it's interesting if you're in, Is if that- you're interested in getting the insight about what the locker room looks like and what, players experience and what their opinions are about certain circumstances it is um the problem is that you could definitely tell they uh they shift their opinions with the you know with the the masses you know okay the other question i have for you is anybody asked aj hawk about uh getting in bed with his sister was it his sister no he didn't he didn't do it but you remember like when he played for alabama or it wasn't it was they showed either his I think it was his sister in the championship game and she was engaged to like a quarterback in the NFL at the time. And do you remember Brent Musburger was like, mm, she is something delicious to look at. And we were like, <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, it's good. It's good. Oh, you got to go back and watch that mess. It's like, is it, is it Brent Musburger or is it the guy that's with uh, the LA Raiders now who always does like, he says some bizarre ass shit um, <laughs> in the color commentary. Um, I was wondering, is there any other game that has stuck out to me? Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you one game that I uh, remember that I'm so pissed that was like 34 seconds late getting into my seat. Pretty sure it was a Tampa game, and it might have been around 2015 or something. And we got in there. We had trouble getting in the gate. I don't know why we were not in our seat and like the second play of the game, Cam popped off a seventy-seven yard run or something. And we're in the like we're walking up the steps and that place is just erupted. I'm so pissed about that. Oh my God. Um, all right, guys, let's go on to the next cat call. That was a fun call. Thank you for taking us yeah. out of our depression. So what are your thoughts on cat uh, calling? That yeah, was like the cat calls. And how did that make Cat call number two, I hope. Panthers podcast, how y'all doing? Yeah, what's up, G? Of RCA. Uh, yeah. Once again, what's up, G? everybody is keeping safe during this coronavirus Government. shit and this other shit, the other war that's going on between black and white, which is so damn stupid to me. Like I said before, I've been black a long time. <laughs> I've been black 42 years, so y'all just please keep safe and love everybody. Now, the reason why I called is... I really, 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 this is my opinion. I really, really see Brian Burns doing some damage this year. I really do. Last year, he could have had more sacks. But, you know, Ron Rivera and that coaching staff, they played him when they wanted to play him. And I know that he fucked up his damn fam. I mean, excuse me, fucked up his damn ham by punching the damn field. You can't do that shit no more, Brian. You can't. But I really, really do see this dude getting at least 10 sacks. I really do, man. And I really mm-hmm. truly believe, man, that we're going to make the damn wild card spot. No, we're not going to go 16-0 or 15-1. We're, we're <clears> saying we're not. But I think Coach Tep doing what he's do, and Phil Snow, man, I keep saying Phil Snow, I really, really believe, man, he got to turn his defense around, man. I say we're going to be in the top five this year. I really, <laughs> really, really, really do, man. I really do, man. But getting back to Brian Burns, I see this dude getting 10, the most, 12 sacks this year. I really do see this shit, man, because we got, you know, the other young man we picked up from Penn State on the other defensive end. Roast my toast. So we got that dude from Minnesota we picked up or whatever. And we got Derek Brown, 
and KK coming back in the middle. Oh my God, man, that, that's that's the defensive front four for your ass, man. Like for real. And I believe they put enough pressure. The defensive backs, they they can they can catch a break a little bit because you know they're young as shit. But I really truly believe that we're gonna cause some havoc this year. So give me a take on that. You think Brian Barnes gonna get at least ten sacks this year? And on Cherry on top, do you see us making a wild card spot? Because I really do. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Great call. Did you uh did you all see that video that came out just recently of uh Brian Burns working out running routes? No. Like he was uh he was uh like uh uh playing DB running mirror routes and shit. Yeah, he's a freak, he's, dude. He's, he's a freak. Good, fast, <laughs> agile. Yeah, man. Yeah, as far as G's talking about, though, yeah, I definitely think he can get 10 sacks next year. I, I do think that our defensive line is looking really nasty for next year. I, I don't know about a wild card. I think that we can win five or six games, but I don't know about a wild card. But, you know, we could have won nine games last year if the chips fell our way. So, I mean, it, it all just depends on, on what's going to happen. I think we have a better defense than last year. Um. I don't know about the offense yet, but we'll see what happens. Man, we thought we had a good defense last year to start. It's true. Yeah. He had seven and a half sacks last year. Yeah, he can definitely get ten this year. That's insane. Mm-hmm. He played like seven he played like nine snaps. Mm-hmm. He's like the yeah, Curtis Samuel some, of defense. He had some crazy pressure rate. <laughs> Hey, don't start no shit with me, pal. <laughs> I stand Curtis Samuel. I was wondering if I was going to say anything. I was like, oh, you know he was. Good Lord, he can't help it. Y'all got a heart. I, you know what is funny? You it's can't like, help it either because you know I'm going to respond I used that to have a heart on for <laughs> Curtis Samuel before all of this. And then everybody started jumping on my train. And then, <sighs> please, God. You know, I would say this is that I'm wondering – It'll be interesting to see what our receiving core does this year. And because of that is that, well, I feel like we're small. Somebody wrote this on Twitter today. I thought this was a strange a strange and interesting tweet. Like, it's kind of like I had to, I just thought about it for a little while. And it was kind of like, uh, it was kind of like that comment earlier in the comment section where it was like, the Panthers are really testing my fan you know, fandom type thing. Yeah. And they said, I, years, years ago, I could have told you almost every single player on the roster. And this Panthers team, I can't do that. So I was like, all right. I mean, I've heard something like that. And then the next line was the one that just kind of sent me into a mind melt. And they were like, like I, and the person said, I forgot that Pharaoh Cooper was on this team. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, uh, he won't be on the team next year, probably. Or this year, by the time it's over. I thought that was a bizarre thing. But even if you think of that, like, that's the exciting player. Guess how big he is? Four foot eight. Like, we got a team of Demir. <laughs> we got a team of Demir Birds. Four foot eight. Demir Bird needs to be a Panther again for this moment. It's the only group of people that could appreciate him. We have to be so small. Robbie Anderson is our biggest receiver. Well, we went big for a few years, and it didn't work. So I guess yeah, the uh, yeah. answer to that is go the exact opposite. I mean, you know. I don't know. They all look <laughs> like know. Curtis Samuel to me. No. Mm. DJ Moore is probably our stoutest one. 
I don't know. It may work. Do you think the Cam haters will turn on Robbie Anderson because his Twitter is unintelligible? (laughs) I don't think Cam has anything to do with it. Will have anything to do with it? Uh, I think no. Like his haters, like they have no, they don't have the Cam outlet anymore. Robbie Anderson's tweets are so tough to read. I don't think I've seen any of them. To be I don't honest. think I have either. Go look yeah. at it. Go look at. It. Just pull up his while we're while we go to this next call. Just pull up Robbie Anderson's Twitter, and I don't follow these guys like a lot of other people. So maybe I just saw a couple, but oof, it's rough. Hey guys, it's Joey the Blind Panther, and uh, Joey, uh, y'all were talking about you know Matt Rule and you know what's gonna happen if. We suck next year. We're going to be getting pissed at Matt Wolf getting rid of Cam. I don't think... I don't really think it's in anyone's best interest for us to suck next year. Because if we suck next year, obviously the fans aren't going to be happy, but, you know, that's... That's been the case since 2018. 2018, we were really sad. 2019, we were, I mean, we just got our expectations, like, slaughtered. And, you know, it's not going to be in Wool's best interest to tank because he needs to look good. This is his first year, and he doesn't want to, I don't think he's going to want to come in the NFL and bomb. Pepper... Uh, he needs to look good because he said we're not going to accept mediocrity and then he signed Matt Rule to a shit ton of money you know that's obviously his he owns the team so I don't I don't think it's going to look good for anyone involved to be tanking even if you do get Trevor Lawrence out of it or whoever you want out of it but uh hey Tony I was in uh, Tarboro this past weekend visiting my girl and we're kind of close to Greenville and thinking about going. But anyway, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Dude, you should. Come on. Come to Greenville. Man, Tarbo's only like 25 minutes down the road. Also, where Ty, uh, Ty Gurley played college football. I don't know. I'm about to mute. Who was it? Oh, let's just see this. I'm about to mute somebody. I'm muting. Who is it? Who is this talking about? Somebody had some Demir Bird slander in the chat. It looks like maybe did they delete uh-huh. it? <laughs> Who was this? He said that this is. He said something to the oh, Tommy Doc Martin said this. Tommy, you about to get muted? I'm about to put you in time. Cooper will pick up the last wide receiver spot better than Bird ever was. Crazy homie, dude. This guy, what? I don't know what up. Cooper is, but he ain't better than Bird yet. Demir Bird Wait, that so why, slayed. Why are, you allowed to, why are you allowed to heap praises on Demir Bird, who had one famous catch with his ass in the end zone? Uh, he had uh, uh, misshed by Curry and Samuel. Well, first of all, Demir Bird's a walk-on, A. Yeah. B is that uh, he he is the what you guys say about Curtis Samuel. He's the same no, thing. He's, he's the same thing. No. It's like when he gets the ball, he's no. scoring. He's do- 
Yes. No, no, Not the same player. Not the same player. What I'm saying is this, is that we all say this. It's like, man, Curtis Samuel had five touchdowns on six targets. That's Demir Bird. No, what what I think of is we had the worst quarterback completion rating of passes beyond 20 yards last year of anybody in the league, and Curtis Samuel's forte is deep passes. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Let, let me just guess what this Demir right Bird's forte the, is. Yeah, let me settle Deep this thing Demir Bird <laughs> and Pharaoh Cooper stats wise. Demir Bird's been in the league four years of 488 yards and three touchdowns. Pharaoh Cooper's been in the league one, two, three, four, five, six years with 433 yards and one touchdown. So no, Pharaoh Cooper is not a better wide receiver than Demir Bird is. Amen. And just you saying. ain't even talked about my man Demir Bird just crushing kickoffs, homie. Huh? I was at a game where Demir Bird had three touchdowns in a single game. It was awesome. <laughs> that was his that was his game. It no, was his game. game. It was the so butt game. And only game that he ever did. And you know what? He has three career touchdowns, so all three of them were in that one. One no, one was a special teams touchdown. Two, he oh, had okay. two special okay. teams in the butt. This dude, it was. It look, is he comes back? Look, he says this. Is somebody else said something? I'm a Tony will be woken, my friend, to a lot more to learn about in this roster. <laughs> Kirk, all right, okay, here, wake me up because this woke Panthers got <clears throat> FSU. Kirkwood, six foot three. Who is he? Anybody know? He's ne- probably a Baylor temper player. Never heard of him. Six foot two. Roberts will be part of the plan with the receivers. Dude, these guys ain't going to do shit. And if they do, it will be the most pleasant surprise ever. How many times did I get people shit on me the whole time? I was like, we had Demir Bird on the podcast twice, man. I was like, Demir Bird, go fuck you, fuck you. Fuck. We we've latched on to nobody names every freaking year, every year. Yeah, and you're Absolutely. lucky Demir Bird was the one we lashed on to twice because he was actually almost good. But there was a bunch of old receive like we'd be like, "This guy's a big receiver. He's gonna come in." Nope, and do shit. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe this new staff will be able. That's where we'll be excited. Is can can he take those guys and will they will they have confidence in him? So how about this? Maybe I'm premature. In saying, like, hey, they ain't going to do shit. Because I'm jaded by the Ron Rivera, it don't matter how good they are, they ain't going to play type mentality. You know, it's yeah. like, we're going to go with these three guys, and that's just what we do, even if, so, <clears throat> I don't know. All right, next call. Hey, everybody. This is Anthony Rochelle. Uh, just, I have nothing, no news about you know, anything on Cam Newton, but I am more focusing on um, just the potential, hopefully, of what the Panthers could bring with this roster. Um, Kirkwood, write his name down. Um, Six foot three. Maybe, you know, Cam, Cam Newton will be... On a different team, I don't know. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Time will tell. Um, but I'm mostly focusing on the future 
for the Panthers organization. So hope you guys are having a great day. Go Panthers. Keep pounding. 2020. Here we come. Hey, real quick, I do want to point out, I was just making a joke about it, but uh, Kirkwood is a uh, Neptune City, New Jersey uh, native that played at Temple for three seasons. Yes. So there you go. Yep, you're right. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Ah, Don't you love it? Um. What was it? I had another. Oh, I was thinking about this too, and and I'm the only guy that can drag this show on any longer. Is uh, you know what? I'd be disappointed. So we asked this question earlier: is what would what would be the one thing that was a red flag with the coach? What's the one thing that would be the positive marker you're looking at? What about with the rookie class? For me, the one thing that would scare me is if this Jeremy Chin dude isn't all that in a bag of Doritos. Like, I need... That's going to make this draft for me. That player. Like, if he turns out... Like, I think that will be enough for me to be like, this class is cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? But if he isn't a contributor next year or is, is fucking up, oh, I'm going to be like, man, I don't know. That's the one guy I need to be really good, Cody. Um, I mean, Jeremy Chan is, you know, uh, we've all said that he's the player that made us feel better about us not drafting Isaiah Simmons. You know, he, he kind of, uh, he was a light version of that and could do some similar things. Um, for me, I'm going to be more disappointed, um, if, um, Derek Brown doesn't have a, a good season just because I don't think his job is going to be too involved. Like, just be the big badass in the middle, dude. That's all you have to do. And uh, he was so good stopping the run last year for Auburn. And part of the reason why you draft him is to get better at stopping the run. And I I think when you put him next to Kevon Short, that has the potential to be a really good run-stopping front. Um, So if it doesn't turn out that way, um, I'd be a little disappointed because even though he wasn't my number one defensive tackle on the board – he was, you know, by far one of the best run stuffers. And how, that's okay. why you would draft him. How in the world has Pharaoh Cooper been to a Pro Bowl? That it has to be special teams. Special teams. He was in, he's incredible as far as, like, uh, he had a really good, I don't know if it's just one year or multiple years as a punt returner. That's, oh. his, that's his role on the team. It's yeah. not going to be about wide receiver. It's going to be punt return. And I'll give him that, but I'm not arguing that Demir Bird's a better punt returner than Farrah Cooper. I'm arguing Demir Bird's a better wide receiver than than Farrah Cooper because he is a better receiver. He has a better average over less time with more catches and more touchdowns. There's no like, there's no argument you can make that Demir Bird's not a better wide receiver than Farrah Cooper. Now yeah, punt I mean, returns, then that, that may be a different game. I'll give you that. But we're set on wide receiver. I mean, he's yeah. Farrah Cooper is going to see the field maybe five times. Like, I mean, in the entire season, as far as a wide receiver, he is going to be on the field. As a punt return specialist or kick return specialist or whatnot, um, so I mean, honestly, I, my interest in comparing him and Demir Bird are pretty similar because Demir Bird was considered more of a special teams uh, player as well. But you Bird know, was just I, fragile, I, man. Farrah Cooper is two hundred and eight pounds, so okay. that's a good thing. And I will tell you this: is I will jump up and down if Farrah Cooper can solve our damn kickoff and punt return problems. Because we have been shit on that 
forever. Like, even Demir Bird, like, he just did it a couple of times. It was exciting. The last time we were good on punts and kickoffs was the first term with Ted Ginn. That's it. Yeah. We had to put... Whenever he was young. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking like the last time. It is, we went through a stint where it was just bad back there, where they were losing us games. And then we went through a stint on the second Ted Ginn where he didn't lose us games. He was just not the same he was. We just haven't had a guy that's been positive difference maker. Even who was doing it last year? Who was doing it last year that was okay for a little bit? Didn't we bring in somebody? Like yeah, we from, brought in um, like the XFL or not XFL, the AF. Written Burson, right? No, no that no. was, was <laughs> last year. <laughs> um, gosh, who was it last year? It was uh, um, he kept on fumbling too, so we ended up cutting him. It was uh, Clay, something Clay. That no, was a couple that was years. The, that was the year before. Um, it don't matter. They all suck. We need our. We need yeah. Pharaoh Cooper to not suck at special teams. I don't care if he catches one pass. But if he is good on special teams, let's do it. Um, I think this is the last call. Tonight. Yeah, Tony, we were debating going to uh, Greenville, but we decided not two. to because Greenville is a college town, and the college students aren't there. Plus, everything's closed for COVID. So, like, yeah, I would have to go again to see what it's usually like, you know. And... uh Good point. I mean, it's My not girl, the same. Um, who thinks with her belly, just like I do, is like, yeah, I doubt Japan Inn is open, so I don't know if I want to go because I don't know if it's open. But yeah, my girl's mama is a huge Todd Gurley fan, just like most people in that town are. I mean, that's, yeah, I like mean, a hero. They loved him, which you know. Any small town like that is going to like their player that's a fucking beast. But her, um, my girl's mama, the school that she went to, and uh, she works there now, that's uh, the rival of the school Gurley played for. And uh, a lot of people used to go to them games and just watch Todd Gurley. And that whole town... I mean, they're prob- they probably got their rooting interest, and because it's almost in Virginia, they probably have an obscene number of Redskins fans, and I bet you they got a lot of Panthers fans, <clears throat> but there's a large portion of that town that follows Gurley wherever he goes, so now, unfortunately, they're Falcons fans, which is why we need to get Todd Gurley to take the load off of Christian McCaffrey, because... Number one, now we can take the load off of Christian McCaffrey, and then when Christian McCaffrey you know, gets into Todd Gurley's situation, they could compliment each other and they could still be a fucking beast. But anyway, wow, wow, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm the only person I'm saying now Gurley's going to be good this year. Uh, so apparently he passes physical. Yeah, he's going to be didn't good. He, didn't it take him a couple tries, though? I don't know. But hadn't he passed like, multiple physicals the past few years in a row? Yeah, like, I'm, I, I don't I'm still not convinced that his knees yeah, can hold up for a full workload, dude. It's like going, he is not. He's gonna be good. Like this he, year. he, he always starts out the seasons with like this pop, dude, and like people think like, oh my gosh, he's gonna be beating the record, and then halfway through the season, it is completely different. Like you have a completely different Todd Gurley on the field. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not convinced yet that he's going to be back. Uh, I mean, he's got arthritis in his knees, guys. That's not something that just goes away. Everybody has arthritis in their knees, but not to a point to where you're missing half of a season because of it. He's going to be good this year. I believe it. Mark my words. But if I'm wrong, listen to CK. Remember CK's words. All right. Um, I'm not convinced. C3 Panthers Podcast, numbers 252-228-5098. Thanks for all the people that have been hanging out in the chat room joining the show. Um, let's go ahead and kind of wrap it up. We close the show each and every week by icing somebody up, telling them it's our homage to Steve Smith. Ice up, toughen up, get it together, or else we'll take your statue down, bitches. Um, what do you guys want, or who do you want to ice up this week? Any takers? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, would you want to go first, Greg? No, go ahead. You're good. Yeah, I mean, this probably could have even made it into our show. Uh, but I just, I didn't even listen to the clip because that's how much the guy pisses me off. Um, Doug Gottlieb. So if you don't know who this other tool is, whenever Colin Cowherd isn't on his show and he needs a fill in, they ask this Doug Gottlieb tool to come in. And basically just spout the same kind of trivial bullshit that you'll hear Colin Cowherd say on a uh, on a weekly basis or on a daily basis rather. But uh, this dude was talking about Cam Newton and how his video with Odell, it made it seem like he wasn't trying to show teams that he was ready to win right now and join a football team. But rather, he just wanted to make a cool Instagram video with Odell Beckham, like for flat for the flash and the glam, basically making the the argument that Cam is still trying to be a a superstar personality instead of trying to prove himself to a football team, like just the most effortless nonsense opinions that you could possibly have. Like, yeah, Cam Newton is such a superstar that he can call up Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell is going to come and train with him. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater is doing that? <laughs> uh, probably not. Right. It's the same old tired bullshit narrative that's always followed Cam Newton that has never been rooted in any kind of truth. So to Doug Gottlieb and all who believe the kind of shit that him and Cowherd spew, ice up, son. Ice up. To be fair, yeah. if you think about it, the last two seasons uh, Cam Newton has trained with some of the most psychotic wide receivers in the NFL. Mm. <laughs> Brown. Antonio That's Brown true. before, yeah. yeah. That is true. All right, Greg, you got anything for us? Yeah, I got two small ones real quick. Because actually, normally I have a hard time finding one. I have a bunch of them this week, but I'm going to put two quick ones out there. I'm not going to get a lot of details on one because it's kind of graphic. Is uh, I might see up New York City for condoning uh, glory holes as a safe sex practice for casual sex partners. So, <laughs> yeah, just ice, ice up New York City. That's pretty, pretty dumb. But... Uh, <laughs> The other ice up I got is a kind of a personal one and only goes out to a handful of people, a couple people in real life, a couple people on Twitter. I'm not going to mention any names right now, but uh, I'm building a big shed right now. And uh, I used to be a carpenter a long time ago. haven't done it in about 15 years, but I'm pulling a lot of knowledge from when I was younger. And I had a few people that were kind of skeptical about what I was doing, telling me that I couldn't do it and that I was dumb for doing it like this. But uh, I'm going to save about $8,000 doing this, and it is fucking rock solid. And I'm loving it. So to those people who told me I couldn't do it, ice up. And fuck them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and fuck them. I put that video out there on Twitter. That's right. <laughs> I love that video. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you need a second, CK? 
No, I got mine. Oh, wow. Impressive. So is mine is personally as well. Um, so you guys know I'm doing the gaming, you know, streaming and everything. Um, got my first troll. Uh, oh. So what I do is at the end of my uh, my streams, especially if it's a late night, I do like a wind down. I'll get some like chill music going. I got my lights going in the background. I just sit there and just talk. You know, if somebody wants to chat or something, I'll just talk to them in the chat and whatnot. And uh, somebody came in the other day and his his name was Tommy. And uh, he said, you're you're so great. And I'm like, thanks. And then he said, I mean, like, you're really awesome. And I'm like, now I'm starting to suspect you, sir. And then and then eventually he goes, uh, he's like, I really like this, uh, the wind down. And I was like, that's cool, man. He's like, um, you should definitely grow. And I'm like, well, man, obviously it follows, shares, things like that. He's like, why would I follow this garbage? Well, he starts to go on and go further into it. We end up banning him, but dude's a streamer on Facebook too, right? Mm. So let's 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 talk about something. If you're going to be a troll, don't do it on a platform where your full name is on your profile <laughs> and you can see your if you're trying to aspire to be a gamer. Don't let that be something that people see, because mm. guess what? Now people know you're that much of a jackass, right? Let's be honest, and. I am going to go and troll the hell out of him on his. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be the most sarcastic. Like, you're so great. I'm going to do almost exactly what he said. But basically, if you're going to be a troll, don't put your real name out there because you're going to be an idiot, especially if you're trying to be able to make it successfully in a public you know, standpoint like he is. Ice up, son. Ice up. Ice up. Oh, yeah. Ice up. You know, I... Uh, and, and here's the part. Here's people's what I'll say dreams, I jump man. Into it. Uh, okay, go. Sorry, the, the, he's he's actually active duty Marines, right? And so, so he's not thirteen. No, oh, no, he's gosh. not. He's an adult male who is like basically on his page is promoting how he's active military. Basically, you know, using his valor to try to get himself farther along. I agree, mm-hmm. people. You know, that's okay if you're uh, active duty. I appreciate it. But if you're going to act like that you, you, and perpetuate a stereotype that's actually within Marines, you know, come on now. Let's 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 get reality. Let's talk about how, you know, yes, thank you for your service. But you don't have to be a fucking jackass to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's who's in the Marines. Act like you have Marine decorum if you're going to act like you're a Marine. Let yeah, me ask basically. you guys, each one of you, an honest uh, question on this show is that each one of you has some sort of media type podcast streaming yeah. interest outside of here. Who in this group has been one of the most supportive people of that? Tony um, You. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what I'm, what the reason I bring that up is, is that I haven't done anything special with this podcast, right? Yeah. Is like, we're proud of what we do and the conversation and the community we built, but if you look at the numbers, it's so small. It's not anything. But I appreciate people who want to create and gr- and grind. You know what I'm saying? Like, And yeah. any person that shits on that desire for someone, if you say you're going to write a short story and it sucks, well, you know what? Write another one and do it again yeah. and do it again yes, and somewhere. do it again. But you assholes, not you guys, but these assholes haven't done shit in their lives. Not like, they they might be very accomplished, but I'm talking about like this, in that world. So, you know, when you see a creator, even if you don't like them, even if you don't want to do, 
like appreciate that they have the guts to get up yeah. there and do it instead mm-hmm. of you know what I tell you everybody's got a great idea to write a book everybody's got a great fucking idea but only some people do it and so right. if and do the, it well. if the, and it, but yeah but even if they don't do it well that's more than an asshole that who doesn't take that chance yeah and like you know what just be understanding this show sucks half the time and it's great well, not great but it's good half the time it just is and we're gonna you know so i don't don't shit on people's desires and dreams and don't shit on creators man creativity is like a human thing my Hell so yeah. so that's what is that you know this you guys know every time you guys put a show up or whatever i'm retweet i'm saying it's a small thing you know it's not really that important I mean, it's not like I need to be clapped about, but the idea is that's what we all need to do. One retweet, one share at a time, and you build this community that's honest where people come together and it's not fraudulent based on hot takes and things like that. And that's what I love about the C3 Panthers podcast is that our, the people that listen to it, they know we're not fraudulent, that we're not trying to just boost our numbers and triple them over the next two months and if that's doing cam hot cam newton hot takes to do it no we're just the honest uh, so support your creators just with a damn yes. share folks just with a share yes. my ice sure. up pick goes the list i was been vacillating between my children for losing every fucking remote in the house and no. Every Sony PlayStation remote to never be charged. That was one yes. that I was. Yeah, I'm Greg. When you write, when you, all the things that you say, Greg, <laughs> at 12 a.m., I'm like, I'm just. I know. I feel you, brother. Um, <laughs> but really, I'm icing up suddenly, and it's my it's my internet service provider. For a long time, it's the only cable service provider in in Greenville, North Carolina, and so about a year ago. I canceled my cable. I canceled my phone. I canceled everything but the internet, and I tried to do what a lot of you guys are doing now. And I've done it. So all of a sudden, my bill, it didn't go down very much because they penalized people for being non for, for doing that. But my bill goes back up. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? All right. So then I called the guy, and I was like, dude, i got to get this bill down. What the hell is going on? And he's like, well, I see you've got cable, this, so they didn't even cancel my shit appropriately, or it reverted back to that, but I'm paying $150 right now just for internet. What? Yes. He got it down for a 400 400 gig unlimited. I was being charged $150. I said, well, what can you do for me? He said, I could get your bill down by $14.50. Oh, my God. I was like, all right, well, I'll take that. I will take that. That's a good, that's a start, right? Like, I'm not going to pass up the $15. Mm-hmm. But I'm icing up Suddenlink and these big corporations with how they can treat, they can, and they can give a Monopolized. deal. Yeah, monopolize A, but they first they give a deal to the new customer, which is cool. Like, yeah. all right, so it's like we're trying to attract new customers. But if you go onto Suddenlink's website right now and you're a new customer, you can get the same internet package I have plus cable plus a phone for seventy five bucks. That's so I don't you know if it off every few years. You and your I, wife. I know, I know. Maybe. It's like I know. <laughs> I just don't feel that that's ethical. 
right? No. In some ways. Know. I think they should have, like, all right, after two years, you can reboot at the current promo. Something. But I was like, dude, that would be like if I went to McDonald's and you charged me $3 for a hamburger because I've been there before, but the new customer gets theirs for 99 cents. It's the same hamburger, though. Mm-hmm. And he said this. He said the company, and he said the company has told me to say this. He said that we run promos to attract new customers. And the reason you chose Suddenlink three or four years ago was because of a promo. And I said, whoa, homie. If you weren't a monopoly, maybe that bullshit would fly. I didn't choose Sudden Link last year or two years or three years ago because of a promotion. (laughs) I chose them because they're the only cable internet provider. So get that shit out of my face. That's what I told him. Right. But I also, I mean, I get what I said. If I get a divorce today, can I sign up under my name? And he said, (laughs) he he did say you don't have to get a divorce. But I think it's bullshit that I got to flip and flop, man. Like, I got to, what, not have internet for a day? Play this stupid fucking game? No, it should be a two-year contract. Maybe not. I don't know what the answer is. But why do I got to pay an exorbitant amount? It's bullshit. You're right. You're right. ISO. What's crazy <laughs> about it? Right, so, yeah. so number one, let's let's first and foremost talk about what you're looking forward to, which is Starlink, right? Um, which hopefully may be able to bring you internet providing from uh, provider from somebody who's not, uh, you know, so hungry for money, you know, from from uh, SpaceX. But um, the, the other part is every study, every business major, everybody will say it is cheaper to keep a current customer than it is to get a new customer. And the problem is it's the same thing with the cell phone providers. It's the same thing for anything that's so saturated as a market. You're not getting brand new customers, right? Right. You're getting recycled customers. You're getting Mm -hmm. people who either are with other cable providers or only have you as an option, right? So it's 100% saturation in the market. That's really what you look at. Same thing with cell phones. Uh, So your thoughts are, well, why don't we do things to keep the current customers? Because what's happening is all of this flip-flopping. Yeah, Everybody's losing money because they're running these crazy promos for new customers. Well, why not just go ahead and do everything in your power to keep the current ones? Because guess what? People are going to come to your company if they start hearing about, oh, man, after two years, I still have the same bill that I had when I first went over there. And mm-hmm. it's not that expensive. Yeah. Why did we all leave yeah. DirecTV? Because right? my contract ran out and the price went up skyrocket and then you call them up they give you this crazy deal again it's like uh, mm-hmm. an algebra equation you know yeah. it's like how we'll give you six months off the f- yeah how much money would they save on the phone lines if they didn't have this constant just let's call and do this let's call and do this because everybody knows now if you get an increase in your bill just call and threaten to cancel and guess what they're gonna give they you give you five dollars off they get but what they try to do is hope that your ass is too lazy to do that they that's, what that's exactly that they, what it is. And they're sort of like those and they're right. subscriptions for seven days. They're right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get mm-hmm. all that. The other thing I was, so I was talking to this guy and I had to wait for it and all of this. And I was like, dude, what can you do? I said, I need to keep the same internet. I don't want my internet to go down. I want my bill to go down. 
<laughs> it's like, right. what can you do? Like, and he's like this. He's like, hold on, working on it. Let me try this. Working on it. Let me try this. Yeah, like he's around. really doing something. And I was like this. I was like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if they just gave your bitch ass a optimize button, like a boop? Like this is what we do. Like, what if you went to McDonald's? Like, and they were like, well, let me see if I can get you a hamburger for a dollar nineteen instead of a dollar twenty. No. Why don't you give it at the exact price you can profit? I don't and, know. And see, I was pissed, there's, man. There's, I hate inter- internet service providers. They're the worst. Yeah. They're all terrible. They are. I'm actually going to stop because they're <laughs> monopolies. They they're monopolies. Yeah. We needed this. I'm disappointed in Google. I'm disappointed in Google that they didn't figure out how to make those hot air balloons work where they were putting hot or, air. They were putting Wi-Fi in the hot air balloons or whatever. Why yeah. can't we get that? Or Google Fiber? Yeah, Google Fiber didn't even didn't really survive either. You Is know, it that over? Was supposed to be, well, they still have it in those. They have cities, it in big they cities. Really, have it in yeah, big they cities. haven't really expanded it the way they thought they could. Man, it was supposed to be this incredible, like super fast internet for free for people, and then you could pay for the super super fast internet, um, and that would pay for like you know obviously the data and stuff, but. Um, but the, I, I thought that was a genius idea. I wonder if yeah. we should maybe start thinking of internet as a utility. No, oh, it sure. definitely, it definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is. That's yeah. that's why you're starting to see governments uh, offer grants to get it out to more rural areas because it is so necessary in today's world to be able to apply for jobs, to be able to go to school, to like bank. How many kids- <laughs> yeah exactly to run the world exactly. well let me ask you when you pay your bills every month i know for me personally i'm paying my car payment i'm paying mortgage i'm paying power and i'm paying internet internet if i got those four paid i'm gonna be all right but i gotta get those four paid and insurance you know but those four and internet is one of those and i i would say cable normally but i can live without cable if i have internet yeah. i don't need yeah. cable my wife oh, told so me this yes, you're absolutely right is, is as important to me as power and my well not as important but it is the next thing in line after power and house and car. Yeah, no, it actually yeah. is. I think it might be ahead of my car. And what I say yeah. is like my yeah. wife said this to me. She said, you've got to turn the Internet back or get the bill down. This was like last year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sorry, like if they ain't lowering the bill, like we just going to pay it. Like yeah. I mean, That's, like yeah. you, you yeah. go yeah. and you, you do, do this. Like this is yeah. my thing. Like I am not going to go. Without being able to do my podcast and fucking dick around on the internet all night. <laughs> but the problem is, is that they like I, I think Greenville has to do a better job of making sure that they are a more desirable location for other cable companies to come in there and lay their lines. Yeah, because that's where the problem there, and you know, it actually they have a deal. Of, They've struck a deal with the devil potentially, it, no, and it, there's arguably not enough people here. Some people say that it's not worth it for these companies. It's starting to, it, that's still starting to be an argument that can't be accurate anyway because of the government grants that are out there to help people be able to get that. Like there, like where I was in Bedford, um, you know, over here in, in Virginia, it was the same way. It was uh, it's just not profitable enough for us to run lines. Well, guess what? The government, our town, went out and got grants, and they did a, um, they did a, 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 I guess, ad budgeted to have a company come in and actually provide internet for everybody. Right. And so uh, the reality is now we have competition because now you have the satellite internet. Now you have the internet, the government that don't is count. In That's there. fake have, internet. No, no. Yeah, definitely. I agree a hundred percent. Um, but then now you have uh, Comcast who's actually run lines out there now because they realize now 
listen, people need internet and it's not necessarily nobody's nobody's going to cut off internet. So it's going to be profitable at some point. Mm-hmm. So not not lying those, you know, putting those lines down is a bad idea for the long term because mm-hmm. guess what? Somebody's going to come in there and do it. Right. Exactly. All right, ice up to suck ass ISP monopolies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is C3 Panthers podcast. My name's Tony Dunn at cat underscore chronicles. We're here Tuesday nights live 9 p.m. until uh, we make your ears bleed. Cody Lashney, where where is the cripple connection at? Uh, it is on my YouTube channel, Cody Lashney. You can like and subscribe to the channel. Um, we're doing an episode this Friday, so come and check us out. You can hit me up on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, talking about everything Panthers, everything Clemson. And um, I'm still writing for DraftTech.com, and there is a new DraftTech mock draft up monthly, and I write every comment for the Carolina Panthers. So check me out. CK, you're streaming now a lot. You're getting a lot of follows, getting trolls. Where can we find your video gaming at? Uh, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash Codizzle Allen. Um, yeah. That's Check him it. out. Check him out. He's, him a, out. he's badass. And Greg the Bat Daddy, 52, man of many podcasts. Yeah. Tell us what we can do to find you because you're infiltrating the air- airwaves. All over the place, man. And this is a mouthful right here. So like you said, at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter, I also have my own podcast that I run with a team of six. That, by the way, those of you who enter the chat, Sarah Taylor is the newest host of my podcast. She's been on plenty of time. She's been invited to the team, so check check us out. Nice. It is a Super Civil Servants podcast, and we now are live every Friday on YouTube at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, just like this show, but not as good. So, or not not as well done. <laughs> so, uh, but we're checking. We're doing that. So we we uh, we do a live YouTube show every Friday. We post our podcast every Monday. We also have a new network out is the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, where I host two shows on there, the DC Alliance podcast and the Superhero Discussions podcast. DC Alliance is about everything DC, Superhero Discussions is about everything animated, and the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network is where you can go five days a week for all your geek needs, anything you want, movies, Marvel, DC, TV shows. We've got it all. Check us out. Give us a like. Um, that's about it, man. Uh, my fun. nerd reference for the night, I'm watching Star Trek Next Generation, all the uh, started in season one, and I'm pretty sure that they made a weed reference in Klingon tonight, uh, was sure what I saw. It's like, what's that smell? And he was like, that smells <laughs> like Harbama Jumbo. <laughs> it's the C3 Panthers <laughs> podcast. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Y'all stay safe. Hope Matt Rule is the next savior. Cam Newton, you're the man. See you later. See you Adios. Later. Keep pounding. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.